Here's to good friends. Tonight is kind of special. Here we'll pour. Must say something more somehow. So tonight, tonight, let it be low and proud. Let it be low and proud. It's been so long. Hey, I'm glad to see you. Raise your glass. Here's to health and happiness. So tonight, tonight, let it be all the best. When you're with good friends having good times, don't just have a beer, have a low and brown. Because good friends and good times deserve the taste of a great beer. And there's really only one, low and brown. Tonight, let it be low and brown. Well, hello and a Merry Christmas to you all. Welcome to A Photographic Life. Doesn't matter if you're lifting a beer, lifting a glass of wine, a brandy, maybe a little whiskey, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Cheers to everybody who's made it through this year. Christmas is such a time, isn't it, of reflection, of memories, of nostalgia. And I think... One of the things that always occurs to me about Christmas is that reflection on photographs of Christmas's past, that idea that people in the past would receive perhaps a camera as a Christmas gift. That was rapidly replaced by the smartphone as a Christmas gift. And maybe this year what we're looking at is the download of Zoom Pro as a Christmas gift and that our Christmas memories may be Zoom recordings. Oh, how things have changed. Oh, mister, mister. Yeah. <laughs> you... You're selling cameras here? No, I'm Santa Claus. Would you like to sit on my lap? <laughs> look, I'm interested in a nice Christmas gift. Well, don't look at me. I'm not buying you anything. <laughs> look, at, just tell me, tell me about that camera over there. Oh, this makes a wonderful gift. It's the Kodak Instamatic camera. Takes great black and white or color pictures, even color slides. And when you're indoors, you just pop on this little flash cube. But the best part is the drop-in loading. You just drop in the cartridge, and you're ready to shoot. Well, I meant that, that next one over there, that other one. I, I don't want this one. It's the other one. Yeah, I know. But I was so convincing, I'm going to buy it myself. <laughs> Look, just tell me about that other camera, will you, right there? Well, before I go through it all, are you sure you're interested? Well, of course. Oh, I hope so. I can't afford to buy another one. Another one? Yesterday, I bought 12. <laughs> all right. And I wasn't even pushing. Okay. I'll take it. Oh, not until I tell you about it. Uh, now, this is the Kodak Instamatic movie camera. It's so compact with this handy fold-out pistol grip. And it, too, has the drop-in loading. You just drop in the cartridge, and you're ready to shoot. And it actually costs less than $30. Gee, that seems like a perfect gift. I'll take it. Mmm, while I'm rolling, you'll just love this versatile seven-speed movie projector by Kodak. 
You can show your movies in fast, normal, or slow motion, in forward or reverse, and of course it threads automatically. Your grubby hands can't mess up the film. <laughs> All right, I'll take that too. Good. <laughs> now for the building, eighteen floors. The great Jack Benny there, uh, I suppose, proving to all of us that the still and the moving image is nothing new, even if Zoom and smartphones are. This Christmas, we welcome our special guest, as we do every Christmas, uh, who's been given ten minutes, five minutes more than usual, to explain what photography means to them. This year, we welcome... Bill Shapiro, who served as the editor-in-chief of Life, the legendary photo magazine, and uh, Life's relaunch in 2004 under Bill was the largest in Time Inc.'s history. Later, he was the founding editor-in-chief of Life.com, which won the 2011 National Magazine Award for Digital Photography. Bill is the author of several books, among them Gus and Me, a children's book he co-wrote with the Rolling Stones guitarist, icon and legend Keith Richards. In 2018, he published What We Keep, which was recently turned into a streaming series with Cynthia Arrivo serving as an executive producer. A fine art photography curator for New York galleries and a consultant to photographers, he has also served on the art advisory board for the South by Southwest Festival. Bill writes about photography for the New York Times magazine, The Atlantic, Vogue and Esquire, among others. Grant, thanks so much for including me in this. I'm truly honored to be part of the project. Okay, so my relationship with photography started out with a little heartbreak and theft and a guy from a motorcycle gang and the Grateful Dead. I grew up in Los Angeles and I started taking pictures when I was 14 or so. I had a Canon AE-1 that I didn't exactly know how to use, but I'd throw it over my shoulder and bring it with me to Grateful Dead concerts, where I'd take a bunch of pictures. And then I'd try to fix them in the darkroom later, and they needed quite a bit of fixing. The next time the band came to town, um, I'd take the prints that I'd made, and I'd go to the show, and I'd try to sell them in the parking lot before the doors open. I sold 8x10s for about 10 bucks a piece. So this was really good money for a kid. And people liked the pictures and they'd gather around when I was showing them and, and that made me feel good. And then before this one concert, I was in the parking lot doing my thing and a huge Hells Angels guy, totally weathered up and scary, started looking through my box of pictures and he liked them too. I remember he said, how much? And I told him, he said, cool. I'll take them all. And he took the entire box from my hands and he started walking away. I followed him saying like, hey man, hey man, the pictures. But I was this skinny kid with braces, maybe 140 pounds. And he turned to me and he whispered, you want to get hurt? I didn't. So I watched him go with my box of photos in his hands. I stopped taking pictures after that for about 35 years, which is something that, honestly, I deeply regret. But I did not stop loving photography. And while I didn't become a photographer, I did become an enabler of photographers, making magazines and websites that focused on photographs 
assigning photographers to shoot various things, curating photo exhibits, writing about photographers, promoting photographers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I continue to enable to this day. So what does photography mean to me? Oh my God, so many things, too many things. I actually told myself that I would do this as a top five list, but I couldn't do it. Just couldn't. Couldn't do five. So here's my top six list. Number one, photography means, and I, I don't, I don't exactly know how to put this, but it's a way to touch wonder. There's the wonder of the process, plucking a moment from three-dimensional space and, and endless time, a moment with a past and like more ripples into the future than we can imagine, and then just stopping that moment cold. And then magic, with a few drops of ink and a few inches of paper, preserving that moment in two dimensions. Beyond that, it's also the wonder of that precise moment itself. Because to look at a photograph is to literally see through someone else's eyes. And for me, I was a psychology major in college. The ability to look through someone else's eyes is sort of everything. So here, to see what they saw 50 or 100 years ago from on top of a mountain that you'll never hike or in a city that you'll never visit, when you really stop and think about it, that is such an incredible gift. And outside of photography, it's, it's, it's rare. It just puts you in the photographer's shoes wherever and whenever they were standing in the world and you are looking through their eyes. I just never get over that. Two, photography means the gift of physically perceiving the world in the way that that old Dorothea Lange quote about a camera is an instrument that teaches you to see without an instrument describes so well. And that is definitely the case for me. And I love it. I, I walk around with a camera in my head now. So it means seeing the world in like well-composed portraits and street ballets, you know, decisive moments, documentary flashes, architectural landscapes. So walking the streets of New York City isn't just chaos and bad smells. It's a series of things about to happen, of beautiful frames. Photography has taught me to be alert and ready as a moment reveals itself. Number three. For me, photography has meant connecting with the most insanely amazing people. You know, when I became the editor of Life magazine, I couldn't believe I got to sit across the table from legendary photographers. Photographers like John Lowengard, John Dominus, Bill Ray and Ralph Morse, John Shearer, who was the second African-American staff photographer at the magazine, and Gordon Parks, who was the first. These guys had stories, and let me tell you, they could really tell a story and insights that made me feel like I was sitting two inches away from history. And now that I'm writing about photography, I've had a chance to speak with all-time greats like Ralph Gibson and Maggie Staber, Raghu Rai and Brenda Ann Keneally, and, and, and also the late John Cohen, who gave me his last interview before he passed away a little over a year ago. I really treasure these conversations with people who've seen and captured the most incredible things and who think about pictures in ways that I guess I'm still trying to catch up to. But 
I also love meeting with a photographer, any photographer or photo editor or collector, curator, anyone in the photography orbit really, who has a story to tell or a new way to look at things because, I don't know, because we just share something. Four, I guess photography also means a way to reflect on the great velocity of life. You know, without getting too heavy about any of this, pictures do remind me that life is fleeting. Just a series of these instants that we hope to hold on to. My own snapshots, you know, the random photos I took long ago, they they do that for me. Like, I have this one, it's the view from my first apartment back in San Francisco in the mid-80s. When I come across that one, I still feel that initial wild burst of independence. The warmth of the sun on my shoulders and that feeling of the fall air. And what it was like to be 22 and in your own apartment. Same thing with the forgotten photos of my kids or my girlfriend. Um, And when I find those, I'm reminded in an almost physical way how much love I'm capable of feeling. These pictures give me a way to meditate on the small moments that stream by every day that sometimes I barely notice, but they can give meaning to our lives. So for me, I guess photography carves out these little windows for that sort of reflection. Windows would seem harder and harder to come by now. Five, photography means a way to pay forward all the lessons that I've been so fortunate to receive over the years. It's been gratifying to help photographers tell better stories visually and sometimes to help them learn how to talk about their stories and also to introduce young audiences to the work of older photographers and to encourage new talent to trust their own instincts. About a year ago on my Instagram feed, I started sharing the work of under the radar photographers that I felt more people should know about. I do this every Friday, more or less, and it's been so satisfying and has begun to build a sort of community within a community. And, and I really wish I'd started this years ago because people are coming together around pictures, talking about pictures, connecting around pictures, and I'm watching it. And that just makes me happy. And number six, finally, photography, and I'm talking about every good picture I come across, gives me a little more sense of what I am or maybe who I might become. Every time I see a picture I love, it's almost like a small piece of me gets filled in. I think of it like a coloring book for my emotions. You know, maybe... It's a little curiosity or creativity getting colored in down there or or a bit of yearning up there or grief, maybe relief, regret, joy, inspiration. I feel all of that when I look at pictures. That's why I keep looking. Thank you, Bill, for your contribution this Christmas, which I think could safely be put under the tree and wrapped as an an excellent gift to all of us. Christmas is a time of excess, isn't it? A little too much to eat, a little too much to drink. But I'm also very aware that a lot of people listening to this podcast this year 
may not be with their families in the way in which they are usually, or they may not necessarily be with their friends or colleagues in a way in which they've always enjoyed. I know that's certainly the case for me. But hey, we're going to make the best of it. And I hope that this uh, little episode that we've put together for you has uh, brought a little bit of joy. As I always say, we're not your ordinary uh, photography podcast. And I think it would be safe to say that it's not the ordinary Christmas that many of us are used to. However, I'm just going to leave you with another message from another one of our sponsors. I know you're going to be mighty busy during the next five days, friends, and I also know that uh, you don't want to wake up Christmas morning with a cold. But have you noticed old man cold is really making the rounds? Let's hope he doesn't catch up with you. However, if you should feel a cold coming on, remember Alka-Seltzer. Yes, remember and try Alka-Seltzer for fast relief from much of your cold distress. Here's the ABC cold comfort treatment. A, Alka-Seltzer. B, B wise. Beware of drafts, be careful of your diet, and be sure you dress sensibly and try to get more rest than usual. And C stands for comfort. The comfort an Alka-Seltzer gargle can give a sore throat caused by a cold. Well, there it is, friends. Alka-Seltzer's ABC cold comfort treatment, as easy as ABC to follow and really effective. Just try it and see for yourself. You don't need to take Alka-Seltzer this Christmas, but you do need to look after yourself. And, of course, you do need to take care. <laughs>